Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. We've got an absolutely jam-packed show for you guys tonight, obviously centered around the Bradley Beal Phoenix Suns trade, which we'll get to in just a moment. By the way, hope everybody, all the dads out there, had a great Father's Day weekend. Shout out to my dad in particular. Love you, dad. Um, we got, again, a lot to talk about today's show. I'll get to the Bradley Beal thing in just a moment, as well as Chris Paul, who is... Currently a Washington Wizard, although it would certainly appear that he's not going to be there very long. The Clippers are potentially interested. There's another team, by the way, in the Western Conference, a contender that is interested in Chris Paul. And by the way, it's not the Lakers, believe it or not. I'll get into that later in today's show. Uh, Jordan Love, I'm telling you, everybody in Green Bay and Jair Alexander, they are loving them some Jordan Love. Feels a bit like uh, overcompensation. I might say I'll get into that later in today's show. There is shocker, shocker, no market for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I could have never seen that coming. Get into that later in today's show as well. And also Draymond Green, my man for the Golden State Warriors, opted out of the final year of his contract. He will be a free agent this summer, although it's certainly expected he will return to Golden State. I'll discuss that as well as what the Warriors offseason plans should be. Before... We get into any sports today. I think it was important to note uh, to acknowledge uh, the fact that today is Juneteenth, uh, which is sad enough that it took as long as it did for this to become a national holiday. But uh, for those that are unaware, um, white people, <laughs> those that might be unaware of what June uh, Juneteenth is. Uh, by the way, I was unaware what it was just three years ago. So listen, we we, we all got to educate ourselves. But uh, Juneteenth. Uh, June 19th, 1865, uh, so the Emancipation Proclamation was signed uh, early in 1863 by President Abraham Lincoln, uh, but the news did not reach Galveston, Texas until 1865. Those were the final uh, slaves that were freed uh, in Texas uh, to effectively put an end to slavery. And so at the end of the day, this is a obviously a very significant day in American history, uh, a great day in American history in which slavery came to an end, but it is also a reminder in some regards about, hey, this was just 158 years ago. Like we still, obviously we made progress since. There's no question about that, but still a lot of work to do. But it is a great reminder of, uh, you know, 
how far, how much progress we can make as a country uh, if we're if good people are willing to, uh, to 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 put their foot in the water and 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 ensure that that the rights of everybody are guaranteed. Uh, so, obviously, a very very important day in this Juneteenth, and uh, shout out to uh, to everybody out there who's 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 celebrating, acknowledging it. And uh, like I said, it, it it's it. I didn't know what Juneteenth was, honest to God, until the George Floyd murder happened in 2020. I'd heard Juneteenth, didn't really know what it was, uh, learned about it now. It's understanding the significance of the day in American history uh, and the official end uh, of slavery here in America. So on this Juneteenth, absolutely want to acknowledge it. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful day in American history, but you know, we still, it, it's again, it's also a reminder of, of how much more work uh, we have to do. But this is America. And if there's anything that we've known, you know, I actually did a, a series on the U.S. presidents uh, back in, actually just last year with my man Isaac Lawson. Ten-part series. If you want to listen to it, it's, it's uh, on my YouTube channel. It's on a playlist, Carving It Up, U.S. Presidents Edition. Uh, and if there's anything that you, you can learn through that, through any much more qualified historian than I am, it's that, we tend to get things right in America, albeit it takes us quite a long time to get there, but we eventually get things right uh, in this country. So keeping that same optimistic view and just putting the work in and, and trying to make this country and this world a much better place. Now to sports. And now to the Phoenix Suns, who acquired Bradley Beal yesterday for some second-round picks for Chris Paul, for Landry Shamit. I think I saw it was Isaiah Todd. Was I think I saw today was was the final player included in a deal to go to Phoenix. I don't know. So just you know, again, a, a role player. So nobody's losing their minds about that. Bradley Beal is a Phoenix Sun, and I'm seeing a lot of reaction. Hey, the Phoenix Suns are the favorites kind of the Western Conference. Yeah, I honestly agree. In 2K, yeah, sure they are. Yeah, a bunch of 30 point scorers and. Guys that can get their own shot, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, now Bradley Beal, who just a couple of years ago averaged 30 for a season, finished second uh, in scoring to my man Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, they got plenty of scores. What else do they have? Can, can, can anybody go beyond that in terms of why the Phoenix Suns are, a ch are not just a championship contender, why they're the favorites to come out of the West? Why Las Vegas has them to to uh, not just get to the finals, but, ten but potentially win the championship? Can anybody please explain that to me? To me, there are five reasons why this deal makes no sense for the Phoenix Suns. Number one, who's their point guard? I'm not sitting here and saying that they shouldn't have made the deal because it would have included moving on from Chris Paul. Why? We knew the Suns were moving on from Chris Paul a couple weeks ago. And... Honestly, Chris Paul's getting up there in age. He's 38 years old. He's not as reliable physically. But you could go get another point guard out there. Again, Fran VanVleet is on the market. You could potentially go get him. There's a lot of other free agent point guards that are out there that, that would fit the Phoenix Suns. No point guard. Who's going to get them in and out of sets? Again, no player on this Phoenix team, at least of the three stars, have averaged more than six assists in a single season. Does Kevin Durant get him in and out of it? Bradley Beal? Devin Booker? You see with the Boston Celtics where the last couple of seasons, they are crazy talented, one of the two or three best teams in all of basketball. Just last year, they were two ends away from a championship, for crying out loud. But their lack of a point guard really, really hurt them. Not allowing Tatum and Brown and company to get easy looks, easy shots, getting them in and out of sets. Phoenix now doesn't have that. Number two, they have no depth. None. They have five players currently 
signed on uh, signed with the Phoenix Suns. And by the way, saw this today on Twitter. Once the trade is finalized, the Suns will have five players under contract for this next season, that being Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Josh Okoge, uh, and DeAndre Ayton. That will have a combined salary. Those guys will have a combined salary of $169 million, well above salary cap and luxury tax projections of $134 million and $162 million. In other words, uh, they are going to have to win games exactly the same way as they did a year ago. Where Katie's going to have to be awesome, Booker's going to have to be awesome, Beal's going to have to be awesome, and they're going to have to pray to, to, to the basketball gods that somebody steps up for them along the way. And you say, well, Bry- Bryson, they, they can easily move DeAndre Ayton and get pieces. They can move DeAndre Ayton. Um, what can they get for him? I, I understand they just did a deal with Washington who's one of the poorest run organizations in, in the NBA. I understand that. Washington, all they had to, they gave up, they trade Bradley Beal. All Washington got was was CP3, Shamit, and a, some second-round picks. You don't think the rest of the league sees that? Remember last year when the Rudy Gobert trade happened, the, the albatross of a contract and, and all the assets that the Jazz, I'm sorry, that the Timberwolves gave up to get Rudy from Utah? And it it's the very reason, honestly, that Kevin Durant didn't get traded in the offseason because they're like, man, if that's what Rudy Gobert can go for, can you imagine what Kevin Durant from, could go for? Same situation here. So you can trade Aiton. Not real sure what you're going to get back in return. That's number two. Number three, and this is probably the least talked about thing as far as skeptics of this trade that I've seen. We're in 2023. Three-star teams really don't, you don't need that to win a championship. Again, this is a, the NBA, like all sports, is a copycat league. It's a copycat sport, basketball. The other 29 teams watched Denver basically mow through the playoffs and win a championship. And Jokic, in my view, separate himself separate himself from everybody else as the current best player in the world. You watch Denver, you're like, okay, they've got a super-duper star, as I sometimes dub them, in Nikola Jokic. Top three player in the NBA, minimum. You got that second star, Jamal Murray. Hey, is Jamal, is, is he a top 20 player in the NBA, dare we say? Yeah, I think you could make that argument. Yes, I understand he hasn't been an all-star, but he missed the last couple of years due to injury. He had a very good postseason and a good regular season. You have good role players. Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, who I think they're going to bring back this offseason. Jeff Green played well for them. KCP. All these guys who fit perfectly, mesh perfectly, they built around Nikola Jokic. And, of course, they have a good coach. And while I like, while I like Frank Vogel, I do not view him in the same... Uh, uh, tier as I view Michael Malone as a coach, as an adjustment maker. It baffles me that you look at the, again, the successful teams, Denver, by the way, Boston, to, uh, you know, to, to kind of a duo. You got Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, Golden State for the longest time. It was Steph and Clay and Draymond was sort of like the best role player in the NBA. You look at Sacramento, Fox, Sabonis, almost beat Golden State. In the first round, you look at Miami, Jimmy, bam, role players. It just, it doesn't make sense to me how Phoenix could watch all of these teams be successful in the playoffs, including the team that beat them, the Denver Nuggets, roll through the playoffs, win the championship, watch that and go, you know what? Let's try and compete for a championship the exact opposite way. What? That's number three. Number four, 
They have no defense. None. Phoenix in the playoffs was the third of the 16, 16 teams that make the playoffs. They were the third worst defensive, had the third worst defensive rating in the playoffs. And now they added a guy who is in the bottom half of the league in terms of defensive rating in Bradley Beal. Who's going who's gonna to guard uh, Jokic? And who's going to guard LeBron? And who's going to guard Steph? And who's going to guard De'Aaron Fox? And John Morant when he gets back? And who's going who's gonna to guard these guys? Defense is, believe it or not, sort of important to playing basketball. I know that comes as a shock to, to some out there. Certainly comes as a shock to the Phoenix Suns, and at least it will this upcoming season. That's number four. And number five, you could argue, most importantly, how much is Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal going to be on the court? Forget together. Just them individually. You say, why are you asking that question? Well, glad you asked. Since the 2019-2020 NBA season, I'll put up this graphic. Kevin Durant has played 44% of potential games since that year. Now, again, some of that is because he missed an entire season due to the Achilles that he suffered in the 2019 finals with Golden State. But again, of the potential games that Kevin Durant could have played in the last four years, he's played in less than half. Bradley Beal, eh, not a whole lot better. Since the 2019-20 season, he's played 63% of possible games for the Washington Wizards. Both have struggled with injuries. Both are spectacular scores. Katie, I've always said, is the most gifted score I've ever seen in my life. And Bradley Beal's no, not too shabby in that area as well. But from a fit standpoint, from a from a how the league is constructed today standpoint, by the way, from a, again, from a salary standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a who the heck is the point guard standpoint, please tell me how this makes sense. Again, there was there was a few teams coming into this offseason. Like uh like the Lakers, for example. There's a few teams coming this offseason where it's like their offseason plan is pretty cut and dry. Lakers, it's retain Hachimura, retain Austin Reeves, maybe fill in a couple pieces, probably lose Dennis Schroeder, shop Anthony Davis for Damian Lillard. That's at least what I've suggested. And, and, and see if you can, you know, plug in some pieces that works again. Fred Van Vliet's on the market. I think he'd be a good fit with Los Angeles. Like try and fill in those pieces. But not 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 nothing. Aside from an AD Dame trade, nothing crazy drastic. Like if the Lakers bring back the same guys that they had last year, fill in a couple holes, they're absolutely a championship contender, especially how they finished the regular season. Golden State, all the drama that happened last year and they lost in six games of the second round. You bring back Draymond back, we'll get into Draymond later in the show. You bring in some role players, you get veterans, which throughout Golden State's dynasty has really helped them. You don't get quite as young. You do have some young players, but not quite as young as you were this past season. Even Portland, even teams aren't competing for championships. Portland, their offseason plan to me is very cut and dry. There's so, How many teams would give anything to be in Portland's position where you've got some good young players in Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp. You've got the third overall pick in the draft. Oh, and by the way, you have probably the most sought-after asset in the NBA. You trade him, you get God knows what in return, and you go all in in this rebuild. Phoenix was one of those teams that I go into the soft season like, okay, you have, in my view, the fifth best player in the world in Kevin Durant, the ninth best player in the world in Devin Booker, build around those guys. Sure, I'm fine with them moving from, um, from Chris Paul. He's not physically reliable as your starting point guard. I'm okay with you moving DeAndre Ayton. I didn't like the Monty Williams firing. That, that I didn't like that at all. But Frank Vogel's fine. Frank Vogel won a championship with the Lakers in 2020. He's certainly serviceable. Great defensive coach. Just fill in the role players around Katie and Book. And they do the exact opposite. 
So as far as title contending teams, the West, Denver is who everybody's gunning for. They're the favorites today. I'm sitting here as a Warriors fan looking at like, okay, don't have to worry about Phoenix anymore. And a lot of folks are comparing this to the Brooklyn Nets in 2021 when they had KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. I think that trio worked way more than this one because James is your point guard, Kyrie is your two, and KD is your is your three, the best score on your team. It works way better from a, a fit standpoint. Phoenix now has no assets, no defense, no point guard. Their top two players, I'm sorry, two of their top three players can't stay healthy. Aside from that, I think the trade works beautifully. I don't get it at all for the Phoenix Suns. They had such a clear and obvious uh, strategy for the for, for the offseason, at least in my view. And Matt Ishbia, the owner, the new owner, is just kind of throwing that out the window. Very confusing. And today, I'm dead serious when I say this. I do not think the Phoenix Suns are a championship contender. Not in the West, anyway. Even as weak as the Western Conference is. Denver's the favorite. I think the Lakers are two. Golden State's a close three. And then you're talking about Sacramento. You're talking about, again, we'll see what other teams do uh, in the offseason. Phoenix is at best fourth. They're barely a top five team in their own conference, much less the, the NBA. And again, I think the East is better than the West. I've been saying that for a year now. Milwaukee, Boston, Miami. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't view Philly as a threat. The Knicks are getting better. So very, very, very confusing move by the Phoenix Suns uh, yesterday with this trade. I, I don't get it at all. Uh, yeah, my man Patrick Brown's in the comments. He says, Brooklyn, yeah, good, good comparison. Brooklyn Suns, good luck. No depth to cover their bench. Well, today, uh, they don't have a bench. No, like literally, they don't have a bench. They have five players signed to their roster. So now obviously they're going to fill in those spots, but it's going to be a bunch of vet men contracts. And I heard some folks saying, um, I heard someone say today, well, they can address some of their needs at the trade deadline. With what? <laughs> what are they going to trade? CP's gone. The only asset you have now is DeAndre Ayton. And what are you really going to get in return for him? It's, 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 it's a mind-boggling move by the Phoenix Sun. I don't get it at all. Okay. Uh, Patrick says, Lakers will crush the Phoenix Suns. I can't wait. Well, that is, if it's the first round, yeah, sure. I just don't know if Phoenix is going to get out of the first round. I certainly hope Golden State draws them. I'll tell you that much. Again, you're not guaranteed that any of those guys. Now, Booker has played. I, I checked Booker because uh, you know, I did the stats for, for Beal and KD since 2019-20 season, whether or not they've been able to stay healthy. Uh, Book's played 86% of his game. So he's been physically reliable. Again, he only played 53 this past season. But by and large, Devin Booker, he's a fairly young player. He, he stayed healthy. Like, I'm not I'm not worried about that with, with him in that regard. But he's not as good defensively. I know some folks have suggested, hey, how about he run the point? He can. He's capable of doing it. But that's not his natural position. That's not – you don't get your best version of Devin Booker in that role. It, it, it makes it, – it truly, truly makes no sense to me. I, I, I don't get it. Again, you're looking at the contending teams from last season and going into this coming season. Again, we got to see how the offseason plays out. I put together a list of a free agent and or potential uh, trade options for contending teams. And the list is that long. There's plenty of guys that are going to be available that can really help some of these teams uh, compete for a championship. And Phoenix took themselves out of that mix. They got no money left. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't get it. I really don't. Dame would have made a lot more sense. If they're going to go all in, choose Dame. I'm like, okay, because Dame, I, I could make sense of that. He's more physically reliable. He's a point guard. 
Now you're all you're still gonna be bad defensively. I understand that, but geez, the Beal move is that's a head scratcher to say the very least. To say the very least. Now, the key piece, aside from Beal, obviously, in this trade is Chris Paul. So Chris Paul, as we sit here today, is a Washington Wizard. That's not going to be the case for very long. So they're eventually going to move on from him. Uh, this is not going to be, I've heard some folks say, hey, he could he could do like what he did in OKC a few years ago when he was traded out of Houston in the Russell Westbrook deal. Very different circumstances. Washington is in a, I don't know really where Washington is at. They're in a rebuild. I don't think they know it. They missed the play-in tournament the last couple of years. Uh, I, I heard somebody, was it Kevin Wild say on Twitter that, uh, he said something like that the, the uh, Wizards have won five playoff series in like 40 plus years. Like, let's not call it a rebuild. Let's call it a build <laughs> because they're, they don't really have anything to rebuild from. Like, where were they? They haven't won a championship since the since the 70s. With, you know, Wes Unseld. So yeah, it's, not, it's not really a rebuild. Uh, let's see. Uh, Barry's in the comments. He says, "I he's because I mentioned I don't get the trade. Barry says, I get it. Can't accept, can't escape that space that is in the back of some people's heads. Idiot brain is running wild. This is most trades or most offseason moves. I try and see, okay, I sort of see where they're coming from, but I, I honest to God, don't see an avenue for Phoenix to win a championship now. I don't. Name the championship, please. Name the championship that's been won with three great scores, by the way, two of which are injury prone, no point guard, and they've just shot their way to a championship. I'm talking about with no defensive stoppers, no guy to get them in and out of their offense. I mean, Vogel's hands are kind of tied now. I, feel, I feel, kind of feel bad for Vogel at this point. They'll score a lot of points. Yeah, they'll be, if you want to play with the Phoenix Suns on 2K24, you'll probably win the finals. But the same 2K, this isn't on paper. This is actual basketball. Yeah, I don't get it at all. But anyways, back to Chris Paul. He's a Washington Wizard today. They're going to move on from him. They're not going to play a 38-year-old point guard. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The one team that's the most interested, according to reports from Chris Haynes, etc., uh, is that the Los Angeles Clippers are potentially in the business for, for Chris Paul to potentially you know bring him back, a little reunion. When he, again, and I, I've been a Chris Paul fan for a while. Chris Paul's the only reason that the Clippers even got back to relevance. It wasn't Blake Griffin. It wasn't DeAndre Jordan, who, by the way, congrats to DeAndre Jordan, NBA champion, respect. But Chris Paul got them back. Not that got them back. He got them to relevance. That's the only, the first time we've ever looked at the Clippers like, hey, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a real basketball team. But a reunion. Okay, so this is like Phoenix sort of all over again, at least with Phoenix, how they're constructed now. Kawhi is the poster child for injury-prone superstars. The poster child. Can't rely on him physically. Paul George is increasingly becoming that, and I've been much, I've been much higher on Paul George uh, from a leading a team standpoint than Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George has struggled with injuries the last couple of years. And now you're bringing Chris Paul as your starting point guard. Apparently, they're going to move on from Westbrook in favor of CP3. The one thing I'll give Westbrook, and I, I would take CP3 over him today, but the one thing I'll give Westbrook, the dude, the dude is durable as heck. He's going to be there. Now, how much positive impact will be there? That's a different question for another day. But he's there. I don't get it for the Clippers. But the second team that, according to Shams, is reportedly interested is my Golden State Warriors, who, according to Shams, talked to the Washington... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, talked to the Phoenix Suns about a Chris Paul trade. That would have made no sense. Why make a deal with Phoenix 
when you consider, again, that's that's a team that's not going to be negotiating in good faith in terms of they, they don't want Golden State in the way of them trying to compete for a championship, which now Phoenix just got in their own way with the Beal trade. That's neither here nor there. Point being, Washington's a different story. You know, I always use this example for Golden State, and I used it for the New England Patriots. Ever notice when the Patriots made a trade during their dynasty, during the 20-year run in which they were the kings of the NFL? Ever notice they always made deals with Detroit and Cleveland? Teams like that, like very poorly run organizations that didn't really know what they're doing. Uh, front office is just in over their heads and New England to fleece them. Golden State did a very similar thing three and a half years ago with Minnesota, with Andrew Wiggins. You go to Minnesota and say, hey, we'll give you D'Angelo Russell, who's an inefficient point guard and who plays no defense. Uh, we'll give you D'Angelo Russell, and uh, they say, okay, you can have Andrew Wiggins in a first-round pick. So, like, okay, thank you very much. We will take that, and we'll go win a championship two years later. Like, I mean, it was a stupid deal by the Timberwolves, and we fleeced them. Golden State doing a deal with Washington. It's a dumb organization. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, for the longest time, they convinced themselves that John Wall and Bradley Beal could help them win a championship. The furthest they got was a game seven in the second round. They never sniffed the finals. That's the organization you do business with. And you say, well, why would you want to bring Chris Paul into Golden State if you don't want to bring him to the Clippers? Here's why. Chris Paul's not going to be the starting point guard in Golden State. As a matter of fact, Chris Paul's probably not going to be in the starting lineup, period, for the Warriors. They could have him on ice, load manage him, and put him in the Jordan Poole role. Now, he's obviously a very different player than Jordan Poole. You know, efficient. Not as good defensively as he used to be, but still serviceable that end. Much better today than Poole is on that on that side of the floor. Not a turnover machine like Jordan Poole. Uh, as a veteran, works well with the older guys in Golden State. And is a good change of pace player for when Steph Curry goes to the bench, whereas opposed to if Steph goes to the bench, Poole comes in, a 10-point lead turns into a two-point deficit. Uh, you don't have to worry about that with Chris Paul. Good in the mid-range, can get down low, set up guys uh, with, with good looks on the perimeter. Now, again, I still think Golden State, and I'll get to Draymond Green in just a second, has got to add some size and length. That's why I'd be very, very, very cautious about a Jonathan Kaminga trade because I really believe in that kid. I've said since the beginning, I think he's going to be a star in the NBA. Be it with Golden State or elsewhere, that's why I'd like to keep him there because he gives you size. He dang sure gives you length and athleticism. It makes sense for them to keep them, keep him. Could a Jordan Poole, and I'd hate to give up this guy, Moses Moody trade make sense? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'd consider it if I was Golden State. If it means moving on from Jordan Poole's contract and Jordan Poole's... Uh, Lack of continuity with the with the the core three, in particular Draymond Green, and increasingly it looked like Steph Curry. I would sit down if I'm Mike Dunleavy Jr. and if I'm Joe Lacob and say, I mean, are we a better team today if we make this deal? It's it's a conversation they're having in Golden State. Uh, there's also I heard the Lakers suggest I think the Lakers wouldn't be as bad of a fit as the Clippers, but it would be a bad fit. 
Because then you have old and injured Chris Paul, old and injured LeBron James, injured Anthony Davis. So now at that point, you're having to cross your fingers that guys like Reeves and Hachimura, again, Dennis Schroeder is, is definitely gone if you bring in Chris Paul. Uh, again, you'll you'll have to give up some of your assets that, that really helped you last year in, in the playoffs. Jared Vanderbilt, I don't really get that from the perspective of the Lakers. I think Golden State makes, makes a lot of sense from a fit standpoint. So I would do it. I would, again, it's, I'd be very, 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 very cautious about giving up Jonathan Kaminga because I think the kids could be really good. But I have talks about it. No question about it if I'm at the Golden State Warriors. Uh, John Rivera. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that, John. John, I appreciate you uh, getting in the comments here. He says, uh, I've, I'm wearing a terrible hat. For those that are listening on all podcasting platforms, I'm wearing a, a Red Sox blue city hat. And uh, I, I feel so bad because I forgot to bring this up at the beginning of the show. But on Friday, you know what happened? Yankees lose. <laughs> That happened, and then Saturday. I'm sorry, there was no game on Saturday. It got postponed due to rain. Sunday afternoon, you know what? You know what happened in in, in Fenway? Day! Yankees lose. <laughs> One more time on Sunday night baseball. You know, you know what happened thrice. Day! Yankees lose. It's <laughs> what we call a good old fashioned sweep. How are we feeling, New York? That was fun. How about that too? Five. And it's fitting too on Father's Day. The Red Sox, who have been the father of the New York Yankees for the last two decades, uh, have uh, you know won five of six games against New York. I, I know Yankees fans will say, "Ah, there's no Aaron Judge. That's your fault. <laughs> not that he, not that he got hurt, but that you didn't construct your roster in a way that you can withstand an Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Judge injury. Know why? A little secret, Yankees fans, and maybe some of you already know this, but um, you don't have guys who can hit for average. You are completely Rely on the home rumble. I've been criticizing the Yankees for this for years. Yankees have scored almost, almost half their runs, like 48, 49% of their runs on the home run. Most in the in Major League Baseball. That's not sustainable. It can win you 90 games if you're talented enough in the regular season, but you're going to get swept by Houston last year. You're not going to go deep in the postseason. The year before that, losing the wild card round to Boston. Losing the division series to Tampa. Like, it, it doesn't work. So, I, I get a kick out of the Yankees plan every year, and they think they're going to get Otani. You're, you're not getting Otani. He's not going to the Yankees. Stop. I thought the Mets was a possibility, but the way they're playing right now, ugh. Yeah, I don't I mean, I, I was, as I always said, the Mets are going to be the Mets, but I don't, yeah, it's, they've been even disappointed in my view. Uh, but back to our Warriors conversation. John, John, Chris will start Curry at the two. I don't know. That's a small backcourt, John, John. That that that's why I say to have CP3 take pools place again. The Warriors are probably the smallest contender left uh, in, in in the NBA right now, and so their goal is to get bigger. Well, you got to have that scoring guard off the bench, and in the case of Chris Paul, more of a distributing guard who's serviceable in the defensive end. And something else too, Golden State doesn't need Chris Paul to to contend, but he can certainly help them push them further, uh, push them closer to that point to winning another Larry O'Brien Trophy. You're filling the space of a guy who is kind of shaky in the locker room, is it fair to say? It's the clay. You know what? That that's that's a great segue. Let me just jump into the Draymond Green story. So, according to multiple sources, and according to Rich Paul, who's Draymond Green's agent at Clutch Sports, Draymond Green has opted out of the final year of his contract with the Golden State Warriors. He will now be a free agent. Now, 
So my fellow Warriors fans, don't fret. No need to freak out. Draymond has voiced on his podcast and otherwise and elsewhere that he wants to come back to Golden State. Steve Kerr said, Steve Kerr said verbatim, we are not a championship contender if Draymond isn't here, uh, which I agree with, by the way. Mike Dunleavy Jr., Joe Lacob did a press conference today talking about we want, we want to have Draymond back. We're going to work with him on, on a deal. So Draymond Green, pencil it in. He's coming back to Golden State. Again, We I'm seeing, again, I've got a list of free agents uh, or potential free agents, guys who could opt out and probably will. This offseason, got a list right here that I'm looking at. See, I'm seeing some Chris Middleton's in there, Kyrie Irving, who I'll get to later, and James Harden, Kristaps Porzingis, Austin Reeves, like, Plenty of free agents that are going to be on the market. Go ahead and pencil Draymond Green out of that. Just go ahead and put a little, little line through that. He's coming back to Golden State. So what do the Warriors do from here? Again, I think the Chris Paul move is still very much in play. I said this, uh, I said this a couple of weeks ago. The whole Warriors retooling their roster thing. Again, I think some of the answers are quite simple in terms of replacing certain guys in Jordan Poole and building around Steph Curry, bringing Draymond Green back. Again, they are not a championship contender without him. He gets them in and out of sets offensively, and he is the best defensive player on the team and is a top five defensive player in the league still to this day. You still have Andrew Wiggins, length, ability to score. You've got that, and you need more of that. Kavon Looney, best offensive rebounder, in my view, in the NBA. Very serviceable starting center. Has not missed a basketball game in two years. So he's Iron Man at this point. It's Clay Thompson that's the real wild card. So Clay, I thought, had a tremendous... One of his best years of his career in the regular season had, was it, two or three games in which he hit 12 or more threes. Hit 300 threes for the season. Led the NBA in three-pointers made. In the playoffs, ugh. field goal percentage was bad. Played okay against Sacramento and played awful. Aside from game two, was awful against the Lakers. That game four and game six were hard to watch as as, as the worst. It was brutal, especially game four because we were we had him on the ropes and and then Lonnie Walker got us. Clay's also not as good defensively, and most of all, Clay's in the last year of his contract and he is voiced he wants the max extension. Clay's not the max extension guy at this point in his career. He's not a, in a Western conference that is just, I talk about the East is better than the West in terms of teams. West is better than the East in terms of guards. Absolutely. You're talking about Steph. You're talking about Luca. You're talking about De'Aaron Fox. You're talking about Devin Booker. Absolutely better than the Eastern conference. Jamal Murray, by the way, as well. Clay is not in that conversation. Used to be. There's a point in time where Clay was, Probably the second, I'm dead serious, the second best two-guard behind James Harden, who's really more of a, of a point guard, but still, he's listed as a two-guard. That's not him anymore. The injuries have robbed him of some of his explosiveness. He's not as good defensively. Now, I'm not going to make it out to be that Klay Thompson is just trash now. He's still absolutely one of the two or three best shooters in the NBA to this day. He's still an offensive threat, but he's not the guy he used to be, and because of that, he's absolutely not worth a max extension. So what do you do with Clay? I'd prefer to keep him because I think you're better with him. But at that point, if he, because that's that's where it gets weird for the Warriors. If they were to go, forgetting, not necessarily just winning a championship, but let's say the Warriors go on a deep playoff run. They get to the conference finals, get to the finals, uh, whether they win or lose a championship. Then what do you do? Depending on how Clay plays. Because an optimist point of view would be, hey, Clay comes back from injury is absolutely a key integral part to the Warriors winning the finals in 2022. He comes back in 2023, and he's better in the regular season. 
as, as one would imagine, because he had a full offseason. He wasn't rehabbing as he was the year before, but again, had a bad playoffs by his standards. So the optimist point of view would be like, okay, Clay's 32. You would assume he's going to get better next year. This is sort of be like the back end of his prime. I don't know. That's the, that's the, it's Steph and Draymond. I don't, I don't worry about. They're going to be there. Steph, I think, is still the second best player in the world. Draymond is still the second most important player to the Warriors. You still have Wiggins, who's in his prime. Looney's in his prime. You've got guys come off the bench. Gary Payton, who's very effective. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. It's it's the clay factor that's 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 really weird. I even suggested a couple of weeks ago a and this obviously if they did this this would take the Chris Paul potential deal out of the mix, but I would not be against this as a Warriors fan. When you consider what Bradley Beal went for and again it, it appears the player I'm about to mention is going to go to Miami. It, it, all signs point to it. But what if Golden State called Portland and asked about Damian Lillard said Here, here's 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 this Portland. We'll give you Jordan Poole will give you Clay Thompson. In this deal, you would almost certainly, as much as it would pain me, have to give up Jonathan Kaminga and maybe a first-round pick or two for Dane. Because then you have a starting lineup of Steph and Clay, two 30-point-per-game scores who can get their own shot, and obviously the two best deep shooters in basketball, Draymond Wiggins-Looney. Now, from a salary cap perspective, that'll hurt you a little bit because Dame is more expensive than Clay. But you can still have enough cap space to fill in some of those holes on your roster and have a bench, have a very productive bench. You still have Moses Moody, you still have Gary Payton. You could bring back Dante DiVincenzo, potentially. I think it works. By the way, there's a kick Golden State's got, Patrick Baldwin Jr., really good. I, I don't know if you watched some of the some of the G League tape. Kid's a good player. Kid's going to get better quickly. So, I wouldn't be against the Damian Lillard trade for Golden State. At least call. Uh, John Rivera, you should sign and trade pool for Fred Van Vliet. That's interesting. So we choose. So that would almost assuredly mean Clay's gone. I would think. Like, do you mean do you bring your Van Vliet's not coming off the bench? He was an All Star just a couple of years ago. So you bring Clay off the bench? Uh, I mean, how is he going to take to that? Like, that's I, I listen. I'm not against it. almost anything. John, John, and audience. Almost anything that includes Golden State moving on from Jordan Poole, I'm in favor of. I'm for. I, I, I'm not complaining about that for a millisecond. And I saw Mike Dunleavy Jr. almost made me throw up on my mouth. And I, I think Mike Dunleavy Jr. is not Bob Myers. Bob Myers is going to be a Hall of Fame general manager. Dunleavy Jr. is not that. But I saw him say today in his press conference that something about he'd like to have Jordan Poole around for the next three to four years. It's like, oh, God. like that. I, that's, that's, that's the absolute last thing I wanted to hear him say at that press conference. That aside from we're gonna trade Steph Curry, that's that's about the last thing I want to hear is yeah, Jordan Poole's here for the long haul. And by the way, something else too. And, and again, Draymond's gonna stay. It's the money and the the duration of the contract that I'm really gonna be focused in on. I'm thinking about three to four years where the money looked like 30, 35 million a year, something like that. I'll tell you this. The only thing that could keep Draymond Green, the only factor, because I think it's about a 99% chance that he stays in Golden State. The only thing that would hold him back is if the contract offer comes in from the Warriors, comes into Rich Paul's agent, and he looks at that, and he because Draymond's a very, very cerebral basketball player and business mind, and he looks at that and says, wait a minute, Jordan Poole's going to get paid more than me? That's the only thing that would hold Draymond back. Like, the kid that was 
in many instances, not just a nuisance to me, but to Steph, to Kerr. And he, after all I've done, and while I continue to do, this guy makes more than me. That won't fly too well with Draymond, and I wouldn't blame him if that's the case. That, again, any, almost any situation in which we move on from Jordan Poole, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, here's a good point, John. John John, John says he, he just had to say it to keep his value up. That's true. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I wasn't expecting him to go on just go go his press conference, which is his first press conference, by the way, and just rip him to shreds. Uh, that's a good point, though, John. I, I didn't think about that. That's, that's, that's interesting. Golden State's got a lot of decisions to make. There's no doubt about it. But, as I said when we lost to the Lakers of the second round, after a pretty, as my man Patrick Brown would say, chaotic season, we still have Steph Curry. Steph Curry's still in his prime. Therefore, we're still contenders, and the dynasty ain't over until Steph says it's over. How do you build around him? That's the question. Also, by the way, that lively kid out of Duke, I'm hearing that Golden State is targeting him in the draft. I would love to have him. Now, I don't know if he'll be a guy who Curry's going to play in year one in the playoffs, but again, I would love to see the Warriors bring in a guy and Mike Guido's the guy to ask about this, and we will, by the way, on Thursday during the NBA draft show. I'll, I'll talk about that more later in today's show. I need to ask Mike about this. But guys who have been in college two to three years, you know, at big programs, have played a while, like Christian Brown for the for the Denver Nuggets, a rookie who was ready from the jump to play. No, maybe not from the jump, but certainly was ready by the time the playoffs and the finals rolled around. Remember Christian Brown in that big game three, he scored like 15 points or something on uh, seven for eight shooting, I think it was. Like somebody who the Warriors could take, brings them length, can shoot, can score, can rebound, and can play right now to take a little bit of the load off of some of the veterans there. I'd be fine with that. I'd be more than fine with that. If we could find a wing player like that, sure. We're absolutely also going to have to, to, to add another center because as much as I love Kavon Looney, and he's, I'm fine with him being our starting center, going to have to bring some depth in that regard because Jermichael Green didn't cut it last year. He, he didn't. He had some moments here and there, but wasn't the, wasn't great backup uh, center. Okay, enough Warriors talk. Let's talk. So today, in here's the thing. In the American historical context, June 19th is a celebratory day. There's no question about that. But in the NBA historical context for me, June 19th is a is a forgettable day. Yes, yeah, seven years ago, that happened. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. I, I don't even want to discuss it. But the second most important player to that happening... Kyrie Irving is a free agent. And according to this new article written by Bleach Report, they're pretty reliable. Written uh, by Scott Polisek, Polichek, I think is how you say your, his name. Scott Polichek, sec, I guess, Polichek. Scott says Kyrie Irving is an eight-time All-Star, NBA champion, and likely future Hall of Famer which would seemingly set up quite the bidding war when he hits unrestricted free agency this offseason. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. However, that is reportedly anything but the case. According to NBA reporter Mark Stein, the Dallas Mavericks, quote, appear to be the only confirmed bidder for Irving's services. What a shocker. Now that, that totally, I'm not going to lie, I read that and that totally caught me off guard. A guy who is, I talked about Katie and Beal and how unavailable they are. Kyrie is a whole different story because Katie and Beal, that's, that's restricted to injuries. KD's had struggles staying healthy. Same with Beal. Well, Kyrie, it ain't just injuries, folks. Matter of fact, it's more than that. It's off the court stuff. I won't even have time to get into the reasons he's 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 misplaying basketball games. Won't even get into that. But even on the court, and I have asked this question of Kyrie fans, of those who, you know, I've talked to a lot of Lakers fans, I bring Kyrie to the Lakers. I say, why? Why would you do since the Cleveland tenure with LeBron, the three years that he was with LeBron from 2014 to 2017, name the big Kyrie Irving moment. That play or that game where you're like, oh man, that that dude. All, you know what comes to my mind? A game where, because Kyrie Irving is one of the most talented basketball players, and at his peak, he is absolutely a top 10 player in the NBA, at his peak, in, 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 in all of basketball. You know what comes to my mind? About a year ago, remember he scored, I think it was 60, against the Orlando Magic in a meaningless game in February or March or whenever it was? That's the only thing that comes to mind. Because post-LeBron, 2018 playoffs, Celtics make the Eastern Conference Finals, at Game 7, by the way, of the Eastern Conference Finals, without Kyrie. 2019, he comes back to the exact same roster, and they get waxed by Milwaukee in five games of the second round. Goes to Brooklyn the following year. The Nets, check the record, are better without him. In 2021, he gets hurt, and even before that, uh, a couple weeks into the season, takes time off because he was angered at the events at the Capitol on January 6th, and wasn't anybody who had a brain angered by that. Of course, but we had to go to work. We, had, we still had to carry on with our lives. As, as upsetting as what happened was, we still had to carry on with our, our jobs and our families. Kyrie apparently didn't think those rules applied to him. Took two weeks off. Apparently, we found him in a nightclub at one of those nights. That's neither here nor there. The next season, the vaccine situation. Plays like 30 games that year. Nets get swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. And then this year, you had the anti-Semitic situation with the, with the documentary, which I haven't checked Amazon. If it's still on Amazon, shame on you, Bezos. But... The, what, promoting the documentary, the suspension, he comes back, gets traded to Dallas, and the Mavs, who when they made the deal, were fourth place in the Western Conference. Fourth! Missed the play-in and tanked their last game. In a two-month stretch, by the way. Yeah, what a shocker. Kyrie Irving is uh, not a man who is holding a lot of free agent meetings. Dallas, you know why Dallas is the only bidder? Dallas didn't have a choice. They have to bring Kyrie back because of all that they gave up for him. Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and all of these assets. They had to bring back Kyrie. Otherwise, it was a trade for, for a two-month stretch of bad basketball for nothing. 
And now Luke is off by himself. And we've heard reports the last couple of years that there's certain things in terms of management in Dallas that Luca hasn't been all that fond of. You could lose Luca, and then Dallas is officially screwed. Dallas is a, immediately a bottom three, bottom four team in the NBA and back in the draft lottery where they were five, six years ago. Yeah, of course there's no market for Kyrie Irving. It's the same reason when Lakers fans, not all, but some say, hey, just bring in, bring in Kyrie and LeBron will fix him. First of all, Braun and Kyrie were at very different stages of their career uh, than they are now when they met, when they combined back in 2014. Before that, the three years in Cleveland, before LeBron got there, Cavs missed the playoffs all three years, and Kyrie reportedly had numerous issues with teammates and struggled to stay healthy. LeBron isn't this, it's, and I heard the same argument for Westbrook. LeBron affects Westbrook. LeBron isn't just this, 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 he might be the greatest player ever, and at the fourth best player in the world, in my view, he's not this, this magical being who can uh, just turn somebody into something that they're not in terms of their personality, in terms of fit. He's not like LeBron. LeBron's LeBron. He ain't God. He can't do that. So, am I shocked that this comes through? No. Kyrie's gonna stay in Dallas. The question is for Kyrie is not whether he stays in Dallas. What does the contract look like? Not the money. The, the money's not the issue with Kyrie. I, I think he's worth every penny. It's the duration. It's the, it's the same question I asked for Draymond Green, but for very different reasons. For Kyrie, man, I, there's no... If, if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I'm going to the table with Kyrie and say, you know what? We want you back. It's, which is code for, we, we don't have a choice. We have to bring you back. <laughs> Go to Kyrie and say, two years. Two years, 100 million. Not, you're worth every penny for what you do on the basketball court. But we cannot trust you. From a... Uh, remember the Packers would make this argument with Aaron Rodgers. The, the front office said, no, we didn't sign a three-year deal with Aaron. We signed three one-year deals. Same situation to a far greater extent with Kyrie. What does he provide a team in terms of winning basketball in the locker room and in terms of fit on the court? Of course there's no market for Kyrie Irving. It would shock me if, if, if he'd had three teams bidding on him. So no, Dallas, again, Dallas does not have a choice. They have to bring him back. Is there in a real Dallas screwed up when they let Jalen Brunson walk? That was that was like the domino effect of when they let Brunson walk, go to the Knicks. We see what the Knicks are now with, with Brunson. He had a tremendous year. It was a, it's a crime that he wasn't an all-star. And here are the Mavericks are sitting today where I mean, where where do we put them among? I'm not saying they're gonna miss the play in next year like they did this year, but man, I'm looking at the West right now. Denver, I mean, Denver's the team in the West. I'm looking at the standings. Denver's better. Memphis is better. Sacramento's better. Uh, Phoenix is better. Even though I don't like the move, Phoenix is still better. Uh, the Clippers are better. The Warriors are better. The Lakers are better. I think Minnesota with Cat, with Cat, Minnesota's better. New Orleans, we'll see what happens with Zion. Man, we're having discussion. Is it Oklahoma City or is it is is it a? Uh, Dallas, because I'm I'm telling you, I love the direction Oklahoma City's going right now. I'm telling you. Patrick Brown, as I've said numerous times, what's Kyrie's commitment to basketball? We know he's a sensational player, but has too many unexcused absences. When you hear Luca say he's not having fun playing basketball, that's a red flag. The track record speaks for itself. I don't want him, and he has this in all caps, anywhere near the Lakers. I don't blame you. Um, 
And evidently, 29 other teams feel the same way. I think Dallas feels the same way as well. But again, they they literally have to bring him back. Because they'd be sitting in a position where you give up all these assets for Kyrie. Again, you were fourth in the West. You were fourth place in the Western Conference. Things were looking up for you. And had they been fourth in the West, they would have faced... Phoenix in the first round, or the Clippers, really, because you would push uh, Phoenix down. Or no, no, they would have faced Phoenix. Never mind. If that had, had, had stood pat, they'd have faced Phoenix in the first round. Remember what they did Phoenix, Phoenix the year prior? Now, I know there was no Kevin Durant the year prior. I understand that. But Luka, that roster, Jason Kidd, they're another year older, another year more experienced, another year more seasoned. And plus, there's a psychological demons for a lot of those Phoenix Suns where, uh, you know, Lucas smacked them in Game 7 and they're all throughout that series a year ago. And then had they won that series, they probably just went ahead and lost to Denver in the second round. But they'd be in a lot better position today, I can tell you that much. With cap space, by the way. With cap space to bring in a guy, or two guys, who knows, who could who could pair up with Luka, help Dallas contend for a championship. And again, in a Western Conference where... Who's the second best team? If you want to say Lakers, Warriors, I'm not going to get. I'm not giving you the Suns argument. I'm not even kidding. If you want to say freaking Sacramento, given their trajectory, I'm not going to fight you on it. But there's no clear two to Denver today. Dallas would have been in that conversation in that position, but Mark Cuban, upper management, not a good move. And this is a hindsight, by the way. I said this back when the trade was made, just for the record. Okay, last topic of the day. It's our only NFL topic, and it revolves around a team that hates to tell you, uh, tell, hates to tell my friends in Wisconsin, they're not going to be very good this year. And that'd be, of course, the Green Bay Packers. So, a couple of uh, of uh, interesting Jordan Love stories. Thought you might find somewhat interesting. Uh, Jair Alexander, who is a fantastic player, one of the three or four best corners in all football. Outstanding. Man, I remember watching that game where he played Justin Jefferson. Remember Jefferson cooked him in week one? Like, cooked him. Went for like 150 yards. And in week, I think it was week 17 of this past season, Jair shut him down. And Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in football. Jair Alexander is a tremendous player. But, uh, he, uh, he, he might, he might need to, he, he might... Need to be uh, drug tested after something he said. He said about Jordan Love, and I quote, best quarterback in the league. Yeah, best quarterback in the league. You can believe in your quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, again, and I said this on my social media earlier today. There's this big word, it's a big long word, starts with an O. It's overcompensation. This feels like a little bit of for Jair Alexander, like, okay, I, I've got to really put out this, this, uh, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This positive outlook for my quarterback, because the reports come out of Green Bay, they ain't great. 
about what he's looking like in OTAs. And again, this isn't rookie Jordan Love. A lot of folks are treating this, oh, this is Jordan Love's rookie year. Folks, this is year four. Okay, Aaron Rodgers replaced Brett Favre in year four, and you know he won four MVPs. I'm not saying that that should be the expectation for Jordan Love. It shouldn't. That's that's Hall of Fame quarterback expectations. And then I saw Jordan Love say yesterday, I don't know if he's laying this overconfidence from Jair or anybody else get to him, but uh, Jair, I'm sorry, not Jair, Jordan Love went on social media and he said, uh, happy fathers, and he butchered the quote or butchered the statement, happy Father's Day to Chicago Bears fans, which technically that would mean the Bears fans are Jordan Love slash the Packers daddy. So he kind of butchered that quote. But uh, Jordan, I uh, hate to be the bear bad news, no pun intended. You're, you ain't, you're not anybody's daddy in the NFL. That's, you want to check Jordan Love's career numbers? Forget yards and touchdowns. He's not played that many games. Let's just look at completion percentage. 60%. Passer rating, about 80%, like league average. And that's in limited action, by the way. We don't have a big sample size for Jordan Love. I said this, and I probably need to upload this as a clip to YouTube. Matter of fact, I think I will. But I said a few weeks ago, when Aaron Rodgers was made, was talking, make, going public about the Packers front office and about, about how they they wouldn't even call him. The Packers, it's, it's really he said, she said. Packers said they called Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers say they didn't. But you see Aaron. You see him in New York. Forget the fact that he is having himself a good old time at the Tony Awards and at all around New York. I saw he took a picture with, uh, this wasn't in New York, I would assume, maybe. But he took a picture with Kevin Durant yesterday. I mean, he's, he's living the New York New York life, and he's having himself a blast. I didn't know Aaron Rodgers was a Swifty, uh, but you know, shout out to him. He was having a gr- grand old time at the Taylor Swift concert. Then again, who isn't? But you have that aspect of it, but way more importantly than that, how many Jets players, I mean, offense and defense, coach, God, he has set a new standard. He's He's a great leader. We needed this. He's holding guys accountable. And I sat back and I was like, okay, this might have been a Green Bay problem. Because I used to blame both sides, but, and I said, I had this epiphany. In the quarterback team splits, what do you want to call a breakup or a divorce? Tom Brady, it was a divorce. They were together 20 years with New England. Whatever you want to call it. Quarterbacks that were with their franchise a long time and the two decided to part ways. Brady split from the Patriots. I think it's safe to say Brady won that one. Patriots have yet to win a playoff game. They've been to to the playoffs once since Brady left. Tom won a Super Bowl. Stafford left the Lions. And by the way, I want to have this on the record. The Lions will be in the NFC Championship game this year. I've been said that for months. But Stafford leaves. The Lions are, I think, a three-win team the following year. And Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl at the Los Angeles Rams. So the quarterback won in that one. Different situation Last year, Russell Wilson traded by the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Seattle makes the playoffs. They have all these assets. They have a very bright future in a weak NFC. Russell Wilson is the third best quarterback in his division. And again, I, by the way, I th- and I've talked about Russ this offseason. I think Russ is going to have a, a very solid bounce back year with Sean Payton coming in. I think Russ is going to be a, a good quarterback this year. Dare I say fringe top 10. But he's definitely not Mahomes. Nobody's Mahomes. And he's not Justin Herbert. Not today he's not. And so... Seattle won that one. There's not going to be a scenario in which Denver, I mean, it's not Denver, Green Bay 
and Aaron both flourish. One's going to win and one's going to lose. Who's more likely to lose? The team with, and I've always acknowledged this, even when I was skeptical about the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets, who's going to be more successful? The team that has a stacked defense, nothing but playmakers on offense, and a good running game, and a quarterback that, while he's not in his prime any, anymore, is still very talented, very good, or the team that's had a three-year backup, no wide receiving core, and an and a defense that's gotten worse over the past few years. And a limited head coach, by the way. And I sort of came that epiphany, like, okay, I think Aaron and the Jets are going to win this thing. Not win the Super Bowl. I'm saying win the, the, the split between Aaron and the Packers. So, Green Bay, have a blast with this old Jordan Love experiment. But Detroit is absolute. First of all, Detroit swept you last year. Detroit ended your season in your house when they had nothing to play for, and you did. Beat you in your house in Lambeau, beat you in, in Detroit midseason before that, so swept you last year, got better in the offseason, has all this momentum. Detroit's absolutely better than you. Minnesota, now, they're worse today with having lost Alvin Cook, but Brian Flores is their defensive coordinator, and I understand, well, the Vikings won all these one-score games. They won't be as good in that regard this year because that's 11-0 is almost impossible to sustain but they'll be much better defensively. And that was the weakness of their team last year. And I'm sorry, Chicago's going to be better. Chicago has a better offensive line. Justin Fields reportedly looks great at OTAs. And the defense has improved as well. Is it crazy to say Green Bay finishes last in the NFC North? I don't think so. Matter of fact, and I'll make my NFL predictions three months from now. Feels like a last place team to me even in a, in a division in the NFC North, which is a little, little shaky outside of Detroit and maybe Minnesota. I'm just saying. Let's see. Uh, Patrick Brown, uh, speaking back on the, on the Mavs thing, he said Mark Cuban has to put stipulations in the contract to protect the team. If not, it'll be the same old movie we've seen numerous times. Absolutely. And the question is, will Kyrie agree to that? That's, that's the question. And he also says, hold up. Let me take the needle off the record and run it back again. <laughs> That's my best take the needle off the record. That was bad. Anyways, he said, Jair Alexander said Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, yeah. No, you you heard me right. You look it up. He, he said it. This isn't some some uh, NFL memes parody account or anything of that nature. No, he, he really did say that. Let's see. Do we have any thoughts on something about Dalvin Cook on Twitter? Okay, no, it's just he was on a podcast with 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 Adam Schefter. So that's what we got there. But yeah. And, and by the way, something else too for Green Bay. Th that AFC East is a is a tricky one. We know New England's gonna be last. New England's a, a tire fire. So you've got the three teams contending for for the for the number one spot in the AFC East. Yeah, Buffalo's won it the last few years, Miami and the Jets. Man, today, unless Buffalo makes a drastic move, and Buffalo's got their own issues to worry about with Stefan Diggs. This feels like a two-team race between Miami and the Jets. Miami, and I've been very skeptical about Tua, not just in terms of his health, but in terms of whether he's the quarterback to take Miami, not even just to the promised land, but take them to a place where we, we view them as a contender because the roster's there. Roster's excellent. And they added Vic Fangio, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league as well. So Miami's very talented. It's, it's a matter of Tua's health and Tua's on-field productivity. And then for the Jets, probably the most talented... <laughs> seven-win team that we've seen given the fact that their quarterback play was atrocious 
And now they had Aaron Rodgers. They're not adding prime Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think they necessarily need prime Aaron Rodgers. This feels like a Miami Jets battle. Because I and I've said all offseason, even before the Stefan Diggs situation, I'm not high at all on Buffalo. They did not improve their offensive line. The running game is still awful. Their receiving core, aside from Diggs, is dreadful. Dreadful. They had Kincaid, I understand that. He's a tight end, so, you know, which in today's NFL is more of a pass-catching position than a blocking position. I get that. But who's Josh Allen going to if 14 gets doubled? And the most underrated departure to me of the offseason was the Bills losing Leslie Frazier, who's one of the more underrated defensive coordinators in the National Football League. And again, Buffalo playing a first-place schedule? Like, ugh, I'm not loving the Buffaloes. I don't think they're a contender. I don't see him winning that AFC East. They're going to struggle in as low as the AFC is. I'm dead serious. I think Buffalo's going to struggle to make the playoffs in 2023. I'm getting higher on the Jets, and I like Miami's roster. I just have questions about their quarterback. The Patriots are awful. Buffalo's got a fantastic quarterback, a coach that I like, but I think we're we're, we're overstepping our bounds a little bit when we're talking about the roster in terms of talent. Like They got to resolve the Stephon Diggs issue before they worry about anything else. And by the way, you know, we, we hear receivers from time to time talk about they have issues with, with play calling, with the coaches. I think Stephon Diggs, it's more than merited. Because you got to think about it from Stephon's uh, perspective. Brian Dable goes to the Giants. Again, Brian Dable, last couple of years that, that he was with the, the Bills, their offensive coordinator, got to the AFC Championship game the first year, where it was within 13 seconds of another AFC title game the second year. Year, the following year after he goes to be the, the Giants head coach, you have uh, a team that struggles badly against a Dolphins team. Again, Miami Dolphins team playing in the cold in Buffalo and against a third-string quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Third, A, a third-string quarterback, seventh-round rookie. You escape by the skin of your teeth. And then the following week, you face Cincinnati at home, and Cincinnati dog walks you. I think it was like 27 to 10 was the final score. Wasn't even close. Allen was off rhythm. The play calling was, was weird. I, I, again, I am not high on the Bills whatsoever this season. I This is before the Stephon Diggs incident. The Stephon Diggs just drives my belief even more. So, all that to say, Packers will probably be last in the NFC North. If they're not last, they're certainly not making the playoffs. And the AFC East, it's a two-team race to me between the Jets and the Dolphins. I really feel that way. I can't wait for the NFL. How many more days? June. It's, it's June 19th, Juneteenth today. So we got 11 plus 31 plus 31. So that's, let's see, that's 42 plus 40. Yeah, 42 plus 73. 80 days. Exactly 80 days till the start of the NFL. 80, no, 81 days, I think. Right? No, 80 days. 80 days until the start of the NFL season. There you go. Very, very exciting. Detroit and Kansas City. It, it can't get here soon enough. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Actually, not yet. I, I, I jumped the horse. It's almost time. Almost all the time we have for today's show. But we have a somewhat special announcement, right? Big announcement for the grid. On Thursday, let me make sure I'm getting the time right, 7.45 Eastern, 4.45 Pacific time, here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel. We will be going live for the 2023 NBA draft. Of course, you see my lovely face there. Uh, 
I was actually at Disney World in that picture. That's why I look so excited. And you see Mike Guido to, to the right there. Mike Guido, our number one NBA draft expert, has been on Carving It Up. We did the Carving It Up 2020, uh, th- Carving Up NBA Draft Live Reaction Show. Guido and my man Barry Grant Jr. were there both times, 21 and 22. Had a freaking blast. We're bringing it back, but this time to the grid in 2023. Obviously, it is the Victor Wimbanyama draft. That is the focus, as it should be. You've obviously got Scoot Henderson, who I'm increasingly getting higher on. Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Numerous other prospects. Uh, it's not as deep of a draft, according to my man Mike, as, as some drafts uh, in recent years have been. But certainly some very talented players uh, going to some of these lottery teams and some of these teams that just made the playoffs. Again, watch out for the Golden State Warriors, just letting everybody know that. But 7.45 Eastern, 4.45 Pacific time here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel. I'll be there. Mike Guido will be there. We'll see who else. We're trying to get ironed out with other guests, but we will be there. Guido is our uh, Jay Billis, and I, I say that honestly. I'm not saying that because he's a buddy of mine, and he's been awesome here at the grid and, and, and is fantastic. No, seriously. He's sent, and he he's putting some articles on the grid website, breaking down prospects, his top. He's gotten, he just put out his 11 through 20 best prospects for this year's draft. Knows his stuff inside and out. Has helped with our NFL draft coverage, but NBA, he excels in. So please, please tune in 745 Eastern, 445 Pacific here on the Grid Network. Again, we'll show the graphic, the, the Grid 2023 NBA Draft live reaction show. Cannot wait for it. Third NBA Draft that I've done. Uh, first one here on the network, and Mike's going to be a part of it, and we'll have other members of the Grid who will join as well. Should be a very fun night. So again, I'm not sure if we'll have a Carving It Up live that day just because it'll run really close together. It's gonna do, that's gonna be dictated by what the stories are this week. If there's a bunch of free agent stuff or trades, or if Dame is traded to Miami before Thursday at six Eastern, three Pacific, then we'll go live. We'll do a show then. But whether we do a show or not, on carving up live. Be there seven forty five Eastern, four forty five Pacific. The Grid twenty twenty three NBA Draft live reaction show with me and my man Mike Guido. Cannot wait for that. It's the Wimby Draft. It's going to be fun. No question about it. The Spurs are Spurs are going to have a very good night. There's no doubt about it. That said, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. If we have a show on Thursday and carving it up, it'll be 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time. I'm not sure about that. Again, the stories in sports are going to dictate whether we do a show or not that day, but we will certainly be live 745 Eastern, 445 Pacific, the Grid 2023 NBA Draft live reaction show. So check that out in the Grid. And be sure on my show to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network uh, here on uh, on the Grid or here, here on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great week. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please, please, please be sure to contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence here in America. Have a great week, y'all. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. He's out. And go follow us, by the way. We live to fight another day, baby. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.